Series. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Shy Sox Weekly. Today is episode 15, brought to you by White Sox Nation and Wegern Enterprises. I am John Suarez, joined with you by my co-host, Tony Marchese. Tony, how are you doing today, man? John, I'm missing baseball a little bit. How about you? How are you doing? I'm missing baseball so much to the effect that I'm watching the Cubs play the Cardinals right now on my TV. Ouch. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been an all-star break week. Uh, the home run derby was on Monday. All-star game was on Tuesday. And that means there hasn't been much White Sox baseball to talk about, but we're going to bring you episode 15 and talk about a bunch of other different things that are going on in the baseball world, a little bit of stuff that's in the Twitter world. We've got some what sounds like some people who are going to be calling in to join the show a little bit later. Uh, and we're also going to bring you, of course, some White Sox talk as much as we can. John, you want to jump right into last weekend? We actually got to enjoy a game together. Yeah, so for the first time of the Shy Sox Weekly's career, Existence. Tony and I, yep. yeah, I was going to say for the first time of the 2018 season, but as I started to think it in my head, it was the first time ever. Right. Uh, Tony and I enjoyed a baseball game together. It was actually really funny because we didn't talk about the seats we were buying uh, going in prior. No, um, not at all. We weren't even really texting after the tailgate. Like I kind of left with my brother and my buddy, and you were with your buddy. And I'm walking down to go to my seats with a beer, and I hear someone whistle for me, and I look over, and you're sitting in the fucking section next to me. Yep. And so we kind of took it upon ourselves to all sit together, kind of co-mingled uh, the groups of people that we were with, uh, and it turned out to be a very fun time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, about the fourth inning or so, we went over to the 108, and we went and chilled with those guys, so we enjoyed the game with them for a little bit. My brother's a Cubs fan, so he was getting a lot of shit. Yeah, he was. Uh, it was the 108 minus Cherizi, obviously. Um, yes, but, true. But uh, it was still a good time over there. We got to meet a few different people. Uh, I think there was even one guy who'd flown in all the way from the U.K. that was at that game. A uh, big White Sox fan. I hope he's listening to this. I think he. I think we gave him our information. But uh, we, we tried our hardest to make him a fan. We tried our <laughs> hardest. Uh, but it was a good time. It was an all-around good time. The uh, the tailgate went well. I was running fashionably late to the tailgate, so John got to enjoy it a little bit more than I did. But yeah, everything went very smooth. Uh, big thanks to everybody who put that tailgate on. Yeah, that tailgate was a lot of fun. Um, it blew the last tailgate out of the water by far, but they've both been great. Um, we were donning the Shy Sox Weekly t-shirts that we had made, and we got nothing but great feedback on them. We had a couple people ask us if they were for sale. They are currently not for sale. They will hopefully soon, maybe not even that model t-shirt, but we will hopefully soon have t-shirts available for all of you, so stick around for that. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to try and get something uh, worked out. I'm not exactly sure what the design will look like. I like having the exclusive original. Uh, I'm sure you do as well, John, but uh, we are going to put something out there for sale. It, uh, all the other groups have something that's out there that you guys can, can buy, and we are, we are going to do the same thing. So uh, as you would say, John? Look out for that. Exactly. 
All right, so like we said a little bit earlier, this week was the Home Run Derby, and the Home Run Derby has always been one of my favorite events of the baseball season. I have always watched the Home Run Derby every year since I started watching baseball. Uh, As a kid, I mean, it was uh, time gathering all my friends around and sitting down and watching the Home Run Derby after a whole day of playing wiffle ball Home Run Derby. So the Home Run Derby was, like I said, it's just one of my favorite events. In my opinion, though, it's kind of gone downhill over the past few years. Uh, This was actually the most excited I have been watching a home run derby and i'd say about four or five years john did you catch any of that yeah so i did watch a lot of the home run derby actually i watched from um the javi Baez verse so i think i missed like two first round matchups i want to say i missed javi Baez as well uh so i can't really talk about that although it uh, was like him against max muncie and yeah, like max javi muncie. Baez hit like uh i don't even remember the number but max muncie just went and hit like eight in a row towards the end and just took flight hit the bat flip which i loved every second of max muncie is my hero i cannot stand javi Baez. i know that a lot of people are big javi Baez guys because of the way he plays and what they call this you know the swagger that he carries uh i'm not a javi Baez guy at all I wish the Cubs would have traded him years ago so that he was not in Chicago. He drives me insane. Thank you to Max Muncy for putting that to rest because I cannot imagine what would have happened had Max Muncy lost to Javi Baez and Javi Baez go on into the finals or, God forbid, win that home run derby. Uh, Some of the other players that were in this derby I don't think really actually – deserve to be there i mean max muncie yeah he did beat javi baez and even if you look at javi baez just in general they're not your prototypical power guys that you normally see in the derby and over the years it's it's kind of interesting how many guys actually turn this event down there's a lot of players who turn the event down just because they you know they say that it messes with their swing it gets them out of their rhythm but at the same point in time you think that these guys the big home run hitters would want to compete in the home run derby if for nothing else to either have a good time or to build their fan bases up. I mean, it's good for the teams. It draws interest. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on why these guys pass this up just so no. regularly? Yeah, no, I uh, agree with you 100%. I do believe that the baseball season is just very long. It's 162 games, and the players don't get that many off days. So a lot of players like to take it. I mean, it may be just one day, but they like to take that day. And then, like, some players that don't make the all-star team, you know, they go on small mini vacations during the all-star break because there's no team activity, period. So it's like the one quick break that they get during the season from actual baseball activity. So I think that's what a lot of it is. I think it's it's more so to just kind of get that little extra rest. Uh, in case you didn't notice, a lot of the AL team, I mean, there was only one AL player in the whole home run derby. But there was literally, like, nobody from the first place teams that went and competed in the home run derby that are like the those guys you know right. what i'm saying like you schwarber's wonder- on schwarber's on the cubs and he's the guy harper went and did it because it was his hometown harper's not in every home run derby that was his no. first time in the home run derby in like five years 
So it's more so they're just kind of filling the field with what they can get at this point is what I think it is. Right now, I, my theory on this is that the teams are asking these guys not to compete just based on past history of players who've gone into slumps in the back half of the year after competing in a home run derby. I don't like that. I don't like that. I think we've talked about this a little bit before we recorded. Make baseball fun again. Making baseball fun again, you want to see your stars in the home run derby. You want to see the guys like Aaron Judge and Stanton and, you know. I would have killed to see J.D. Martinez. In J.D. Martinez would be amazing in the home run derby. Even uh, Jose Abreu. Guys like that. His, I don't think his, like, not with this home run derby. Built for this not, in the current, derby. not in this current format. And that's another thing that I wanted to touch base on. I'm not a big fan of the timer. And not I'm I'm not going to talk about the the fact that people were bringing up that Bryce Harper hypothetically cheated in the last round, but just the the timer itself kind of drives me a little bit nuts. I like the original format where you got ten outs, and if you don't hit the home run, that's an out. And I know that they tried to speed it up with you know guys who are taking pitches over and over again but i think in a traditional sense the home run derby if you're on a time limit and you're taking pitches because the pitcher didn't throw it where you wanted it you're wasting your time and it becomes more about the pitcher actually laying it up for you rather than you being able to hit the home runs and i i I would like to see them go back to the old format i don't think it's going to happen just based on the fact that it just seems that baseball's moving in this direction where they're trying to speed everything up and it, it kind of makes me mad that they won't go back to the old way because damn it was awesome just watching those home run derbies about 10 years ago versus today in my, in my opinion it was it was a lot of fun when it was like Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa and all those guys but they were showing a lot of like stats during the home run derby of like i mean like Schwarber's 21 home run round that's only happened like once or twice ever right so like the timer allows them to smack a lot more home runs because like they were showing i, I looked into it because i mean i was born in 96 i'm a younger guy I, I don't know a lot of home run derby history past like 2001 on you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. in the early 90s um the winner of the home run derby i think it was like they said when uh ryan sandberg won the home run derby at wrigley field I believe is when it was, and he won it with four total home runs. The whole home run derby. That is insane. You couldn't pay me to watch a home run derby where the winner gets four total home runs. No. That's... Like you said, you had wiffle ball home runs when you were a kid. Like, I would hit more than four home runs in a wiffle ball home run derby. So, like, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's ridiculous to, like, think of how much it's evolved in terms of hitting the amount of home runs that they hit but i am still on your side i like that time out format better i think it's more fair to the people that i mean because you could pound six balls on the ground in a row and your timer's not going to be moving that much because the second that ball hits the ground they can throw the next pitch however if you pound your first six balls on the ground in the old format you only have four more chances to even hit a home run Right, so it does allow them, and I agree, it allows them to see probably more pitches pitches than they would normally, just based in that time time format. But for me, in a traditional sense, like I said, the fairness of it, I think, is is not where it should be 
uh, just based on the fact that if whoever's throwing you the ball is off for a good 30-second chunk and they're not laying it where you want to be, and let's let's be real, 30 seconds is probably like three pitches uh, by the time the ball carries out or wherever it lands or goes out of the park. It's about three pitches. I mean, I, forget, I think the timer that they get was like, what, three minutes? I mean, that's that's a big chunk of time. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I I would be a little bit upset if if that's the reasoning why if I was a player, it was my favorite player lost in round one because the guy wasn't throwing the ball the right way. That would that would be upsetting to me. But I'm going back here and I'm looking at home run derby viewership. I don't have stats in yet for this year, but the number one ranked in viewers was actually 2008 when Justin Morneau won and in the Yankee stadium and surprising enough to me, the second most watched at least on this is last year, 2017 with Aaron judge. And before that you go back in, in the third spot, it's 2009. So in 2008, 2009 and 2017, those are your three most watched home run derbies. It's kind of shocking to me. I, I kind of figured that it would be earlier, but you know, I think they hype it a little bit more now than they did in the past, too. So that kind of probably helps with the viewers. I mean, that and, like, TV is just way more expanded at this point than yep. it was 10 years ago, 20 mm-hmm. years ago. So um, moving on from the Home Run Derby, the All-Star Game was the following day. Uh, I, I briefly watched – me and Tony were talking about this. He didn't even watch the All-Star Game, and I briefly watched – like, I literally saw the ending of the All-Star Game. So – we don't have too much to touch on. Not there. big All Star guys, huh? I mean, I mean, no, I am. It's kind of hard to get into the All Star game when I mean, I watched actually. I watched Jose Abreu's second at bat. I didn't get to see the first one because I was still at work. But it's kind of hard to get into the All Star game when you only have one representative. Like, and and not only that, it's also the fact that your team really isn't represented well by more than one player. But also, you're watching. All of your not-so-favorite teams' best players compete and realizing that, as of right now, your major league roster is filled with a bunch of crap. So (laughs) to take a week away from watching, sometimes that's needed. (laughs) You're right. I just – I – I don't really get into the All-Star game like I used to. Um, the last All-Star game I watched start to finish was the one that Chris Sale started for the White Sox right before he got traded. The year before he got traded, so you know I what I'm—I'm I'm actually surprised I didn't see anybody in White Sox Twitter tweet on the All Star Game Happy Chris Sale Day. <laughs> yeah, true. I was very surprised. I'm—I'm I'm very shocked that no one—no one came up with that or no one put that out there. Maybe I didn't see it. If you—if you did tweet that and you're listening, please, you know, tag me in that because I was—I was, I was kind of shocked. I mean, for as big of you know Chris Sale, you know, supporters that we have out there. Uh, I was I was actually shocked that there was not as much Chris Sale talk over the All Star break. Maybe we're just bitter at this point in time. Yeah, or maybe I mean, not like, bitter. Maybe we've just moved on. And there, I mean, there were two main story. Actually, there were three main storylines of the All Star game. There, the main storyline of the All Star game was obviously Machado. The trade was literally happening during the All Star game, so that was yep. there was huge buzz around that. And, and plus, you got the All Star game on Fox, so you have Ken Rosenthal right there, 
just being a sideline reporter while also breaking the trade on his Twitter. So that was like a big aspect within itself. Also, you have Josh Hader, which we'll talk about more in depth later. Yeah, we've got we've with, got we've got a whole segment planned out for you guys with some very very NSFW tweets. And number three, like what was talked about a lot during the All Star game was basically when it started, and a lot following is Mike Trout and how he essentially has kind of asked the MLB to not like overly promote him in a sense that like the NBA has done with LeBron James so and the this, NFL has done with Tom Brady. This drives me nuts. And this is exactly what I was getting at with the home run derby. Why the fuck do you not want to bring more viewers in to the game? I don't understand it. The logic makes absolutely no sense. If you are an employee of a major league baseball team, and you work for Major League Baseball, and you are the star, you should be bringing in those viewers. You should be doing anything and everything that you can to bring them in and get more money injected into the sport. And the same thing that Major League Baseball should be doing everything that they can to promote Mike Trout and every other star that they have out there. And to me, this is also kind of a... uh, kind of looks bad on major league baseball that they even aired that dirty laundry out there that should never have come out publicly it just looks like a joke so for those of you that didn't just notice tony is extremely triggered from yeah, that part of the all-star game i am and this is why i didn't even need to watch the all-star game and i still got all the content that i needed out of it the best content produced from that All-Star game was a selfie that uh, I believe it was Jose Ramirez, Manny Machado, Jose Abreu, all the starting infield of the AL All-Star team were taking a selfie, and I don't remember who did it, but somebody went and edited a picture of Eloy Jimenez at bat, so it looked like they were all watching an Eloy Jimenez at bat, and I thought yeah, that was, was the best home, possible yeah, Eli All-Star hit a, content. Eli hit a home run during the All-Star game. He sure did. And, boy, can I not wait to see Eloy in the second half. We're going to have to go catch an Eloy game together. 100%. We should try. I'm hoping that he gets called up on a home game, and uh, I'm planning on attending that game whenever that is. I will drop plans if I can. All right. So that is enough of Home Run Derby slash All-Star Game talk. That's going to bring us into our next little topic that we wanted to discuss, which is trade deadlines right around the corner, everybody. It's, what, now 12 days away. Mm -hmm. And we already saw two pretty big trades happen over the last couple of days since we last recorded. A little bit of foreshadowing that you you brought into this was Manny Machado, uh, a guy that – We've been coveting, or some fans have been coveting for a while, um, going from Baltimore all the way over to the West Coast and filling in for an injured Corey Seager on an already loaded L.A. Dodger lineup. Uh, what did you think about the return from that? Did you think they I got actually enough? thought I actually thought that both the big trades that have happened so far were pretty even. I don't know. I mean, you can. You can correct me if I'm so wrong. But... I, one of my very, very, very good friends, uh, give him a shout-out here, Rob, uh, is from Baltimore, and he is 
a huge, huge Orioles fan. And I texted him about the trade last night, and I said, how do you feel about it? And he said, actually, I'm, I'm quite pleased. We got five guys back. All it takes is one of those guys to pan out, and that's, that more, trade. And that's more than if Manny walked and we got nothing out of it. So we got five, yeah. we got five decent prospects coming back. If one of them pans out to be a, a replacement level major league player, we've won that deal in my opinion because it's only a few months of Manny Machado in a non-competing year. Hands down, get what you can for him. And taking five players over one player who has maybe a little bit higher upside, you've got more of a, a probability that one of those guys is going to pan out. He was very happy with it. And that's he actually kind of tilted my view towards, wow, you know, that was a, that was a good move for the Orioles there. Because originally my, my thoughts were, I don't know if that was enough for Machado. Maybe they could have held out just a little bit longer to get a little more for him. But, hey, five prospects for what is it, two, three months of, of a guy who's on an expiring deal? That's not a bad return at all when you yeah, it was, do put it, it in was perspective. five prospects. It's three of the Dodgers' top 30 who, I mean, the Dodgers don't have a loaded farm system. They're probably bottom half of the MLB. So it's not a phenomenal return, but it's a return, like you said. It's better than letting Manny walk at the end of the year and the Orioles getting absolutely nothing, which teams have done with stars in the past, and I'm sure all those front offices regret that. Um, we've seen recently with when the Yankees traded Aroldis Chapman to the Cubs, they got Glaber Torres back, and he's becoming one of the young studs in the game. So that's all it really takes is – you know, a team in need needing that last half of the year push, that one player that's going to make the hopefully championship caliber difference, and and you help both parties. So not only did that happen in the Manny Machado trade, but we just saw it happen uh, today, this morning, with Brad Hand getting traded to the Indians and them sending over Francisco Mejia, or as you called him earlier, Meja. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was going to give you shit for it. <laughs> well, don't worry, buddy. Your turn's coming soon. Um, <laughs> yes, I actually think that that deal was a little bit lopsided. I'm not going to lie. That was a that was a pretty lopsided in whose, deal. In whose favor, though? I think the Indians are getting the short end of the stick on this one, to be completely honest. Okay. I thought you were going to go the other way around. No, no, I, I'm... I'm glad we're on the same page. I Yeah, it... it that was a very good deal for the Padres. So yeah, the San Diego Padres now boast 10 top 100 mid-season Baseball America prospects. And I saw the tweet from you earlier today that you do not like that. I don't like that either. Yeah, fuck uh, that. Let, what's Rick Hahn doing right now? Come on now. He's, he's getting outshined. That's exactly what he's doing. Is he's getting outshined, and he has 12 days to, to bring the shine back. So we're asking Rick Hahn to please get us another top 100 prospect. I was looking at the Twitter today, earlier this Mm -hmm. morning before I went to work. I was kind of scrolling through, looking through a bunch of trade rumors and whatnot. And there actually is a not serious, but a hypothetical trade rumor floating around with the White Sox right now. I don't know if you saw this. 
Um, they, I don't, there's no talks or anything involved, but a trade proposal was that the White Sox would sign uh, Joaquin Soria and Matt Davidson. I actually retweeted this one earlier. You probably saw you it did. off my Twitter feed. Yeah, go fuck yourself now. I saw, I saw it some, some other way. <laughs> don't take credit. Uh-huh. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, for um, a slew of prospects, and uh, the headliner prospects was Max Freed, who is one of the Atlanta Braves' top pitching prospects, which yep. you can never have enough of. So, I mean, just to be able to flip, I mean, Sori is going to go. He's going to go. So He's going to go, but this is, this is where the whole Brad hand for a, a, quite a top prospect comes into play. At least in my mind, the market is now set for Soria and Rick can go in to any trade talks. You've already crossed Brad hand off the list of, of, of available relievers out there, shrink the market down just a little bit, and then he can capitalize on his assets. So I'm hoping that when he does pull the trigger on a Soria trade, it's not for something less than what the Indians gave up when they made that deal. That's the only thing I ask for. I, I, I've not looked at Brad Hand's stats, but end of the game relievers, you know, your 7th, 8th, ninth guys, inning guys, are fetching a pretty penny on the trade market these days. We saw it last year with the Anthony Swarzak. Uh, we've seen it now in this Brad Hand deal. He's got to go out there and capitalize on that, I'm wondering if he can maybe move somebody else in that bullpen as well. I would have really liked to see a healthy Nate Jones get moved because I think that guy would have been able to bring back something uh, in, in the top 100 prospects for sure if Nate Jones was healthy and closing ball games for the White Sox this year. That would have been a really good move for them. Unfortunately, that guy just can't seem to stay healthy at all. and I wonder what his long-term future is on the south side, but... Man, when he pulls the when he pulls the trigger on the Soria move, it's got to be something good coming back for us. I don't want to see him settle. And like you said, I mean, injuries kind of fucked over the Sox trade deadline aspirations this year because they could have had Avisel Garcia could have been a very tradable piece. Nate Jones could have been a very tradable piece if Miguel Gonzalez didn't pitch like shit and had a decent little front half of his year. Could have been a very tradable piece. James Shields still a very tradable piece, but like you had all these guys that you were, were hopefully looking forward to being able to trade to bolster your farm system that is already loaded, and injuries just kind of screwed the socks over in every aspect this year. And yeah. it's funny because it's it doesn't even matter yet. I mean, the injuries do matter; they matter long term and all that good stuff, but like they don't matter with, towards the team's record this year. No, the injuries have just continued to pile up. I like the fact that Eloy was back today. Um, or he, back he the other day. He was back the other Yeah, he was oh, back. No, you said Eloy. I thought you said Kopech. I don't no, even know how I thought you no, said Kopech. Did not say Kopech. Uh, I said Eloy. I like the fact that Eloy's back. I know he did another little DL stint in uh, in between our, in our, our recordings. Robert pronounced it right for the first time. Uh, he is still out. His injuries really worry me. The fact that that guy is almost going to lose a full year of development, not good. Coming from your third overall top prospect, 
Uh, Alec Hansen had a little injury scare as well, uh, but I'm pretty sure he was back in action too. Uh, but guys like Dane Dunning, uh, Jake Berger, some of those other top-tier prospects that you would want to see developing right now, and, and we've mentioned this before, that might push back the window a little bit. I think it's okay right now, but if we go into 2019 and we're still having the same kind of injury problems that we're having right now, that's that's not good. Yeah, so look out for that. <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, I think we're going to go take a little yet. bit. We're going to take a little break here. I think you're ready for a bathroom break. Yeah, I'm about ready for a bathroom break over here, Tony. All right, but I want break. everybody to know that that was a crazy Marchese inflicted bathroom break and not myself. Yep. Of course. All right. Uh-huh. I love Tabasco sauce. And we'll be back. <laughs> And we are back from our break, and we're ready to roll on to our next segment, which is going to be guest calls. Who do we got, Tom? It looks like we have Johnny Nani from Socks on 35th, a frequenter on the Shy Socks Weekly podcast at this point in time. Might as well give this guy a permanent spot. He's going to be coming to you live from the bar. That's impressive. It is impressive. Let's, let's, let's patch him on through, Tom. We're going to patch him on through. And we have Johnny. Johnny, are you there? I am here. What's going on, Johnny? How are you? I'm doing well. I am sitting outside the bar right now calling into Shy Sox Weekly because I need to air a couple of grievances with you gentlemen. Let's hear it. All right. We option Charlie Tilson to AAA, and presumably Nicky Delmonico is going to be reactivated, understandably. But why in the hell are we not sending Adam Ankle down? Boys, this has been on my mind all day, and I'm upset about it. What, what are your thoughts? We have not yet touched on this, John, have we? That was like, I didn't want to cut him off and say that while he was saying that, but we literally haven't even talked about that yet. My thoughts on that is, uh, I actually wanted to ask you, is that why you're at the bar right now, Johnny? Yeah, I'm at the bar right now. I've got a cold bug light in the hand, and I'm upset because you know I'm a Charlie Tilson guy. So my bias may be conflicting a little bit here, but I was doing a little baseball reference look up here, and Charlie is doing better in both batting average and on base percentage, and is slugging a little bit lower than Adam Angle. But we've already seen the Adam Angle experiment. We had all of last year to deal with this, and we've seen what he can do. We've seen it all throughout the season. It looked like he made some amazing turnaround over the off season. He's still hitting like the Adam Angle that we all know. And I would rather see Charlie Tilson get these reps than Adam Angle. So that that's that's what's really grinding my gears right now, boys. What are you proposing long term for a guy like Adam Engel? Are you saying DFA route, Johnny? I mean, what, what what's your plan with him? Uh, I'm I'm trying to get yeah, a little stat look up here to see how many options Engel has left versus Tilson. Uh, I know that there was a, a 108 article talking about. Uh, player options out there. I'm going to see if I can cross-reference it. But I'm with you 100%. Uh, I don't want to see Adam Engel 
taking up at bats for for outfielders at this point in time. Uh, not quite sure how yet I feel about Ryan Lamar. Uh, but you also have Daniel Pelk out there splitting some time, and you're eventually going to have Eloy Jimenez. Uh, it's getting crowded, but the Sox do need to make a move, and I don't think any of those guys are really tradable at this point in time. Yeah, no, I honestly, I for me, it's I think Adam Engel is very DFAable. That that would be the route that I would go there. But and that's a good point that you bring up with the options. Maybe Adam Engel only has you know one or two lots, whereas Charlie Tilson has multiple lots available, but I just still, at the same time, we've already seen what anime list offered. That, that is what has me feeling right now. And I just don't, I don't understand. I'd rather see right. up there. when I was at the games against Cardinals, he had some clutch hits. Even in that first game that we got smoked by, he was the one that drove in our two runs there to keep it at it least was. close for a little while until that six inning. And then the next night he had another RBI hit. So I, I don't know. That, that's, Are you I ready for I my flaming hot take? Here, so right, right, yeah, right before you say that, I did, I did pull that stat. Adam Engel and Charlie Tilson both had two options remaining. Uh, Tilson is now going to be down to one, and Engel still carries two. All right. So are you All ready right. for my flaming hot take here? Yeah, let's go. Okay. So the White Sox had the chance to send Adam Engel down right now. And that would obviously use one of his options, and that we could have got, we just gotten the whole option thing. Or they could send Charlie Tillerson down right now, and he can go take absolute everyday starting reps instead of being kind of split platoon like how he is right now. And then we could just absolutely 100% DFA Adam Angle. And then when we do know that time comes, that's when we know Eloy is coming up, as when the Adam Angle DFA happens. All right, that makes me a little bit. It makes me feel a little bit better about the situation, but I, I don't know. I feel like I just shared the same sentiment as a lot of White Sox Twitter. Oh, we're with you 100%. And it's, I, I feel like it's more more so I understand the logistics of that situation that you just laid out there for me, Tony, but it it just gets frustrating at a point to watch because we've already seen the Adam Angle. We've seen plenty of it last year, and I don't know. It, that's, that's just what has me going right now. So I thought I would, you know, at least uh, – open it up to you guys. So yeah, thanks for at least offering a different perspective on it. Yeah. yeah of course. The, the one other thing that I can touch on this situation just a little bit more is we do know what Adam Engel has to offer. And I think Adam Engel is a national league end of the game, defensive replacement who can also pinch run. Uh, I, he's got to get to that national league team somehow though. Let's package him up in a trade at some point in time, send him somewhere for prospects, but you're going to have to attach something else with him uh, to get him there. Other than that, he is a career triple a player options aside. It doesn't really make any sense because he's probably going down on one of those options. When Eloy comes back up, I think this could have just been a pick out of the hat until Eloy's ready. Uh, and he'll be down at that point in time. Just my take. Adam Engel would have yep. a lot of fun yep. on the uh, Durham Bulls. <laughs> what else? What else you got going on, uh, Johnny? Anything else you want to? Yeah, you said you had a couple. Yeah, of you had a couple. You, what else can we? What else can we help you work through? Yeah, no. So no, I just had to come in scorching hot with that because that was on my mind and that was what I was looking up right before uh, you guys filled me in on this uh, live edition of Shy Sox Weekly. Glad I could be the first caller too. I think I'm still at that status, unless you guys had one before me. No, nope, you are the, nope, you are the, you're the absolute no. first that we've just, you know, had live call in. So we, we thank you for, for that. 
Yeah, no, anytime any of you guys uh, show, it's always, uh, always a good time with you guys. But I just want to say thank you both of you guys for coming out to the uh, tailgate on Saturday in Barcelona Park. We have the 108 Fox Mafia and all that. And thank you to John for coming by Shinix after the game. And we had a good time going away to get the game, too. So, no, I just wanted to uh, touch on that because, I mean, we can bitch about the team all we want. But in the end, uh, as long as we have fun at the ballpark, I mean, in a season like this, that's really what matters the most for me. So I want to bring up something real quick, and I don't know how none of us noticed it at the game. Did anybody see on Twitter what happened about two sections over from us? Yeah, the stack cops. All right, so I saw a little bit of uproar over there, but everybody was standing up around it trying to film it. So everybody was trying to get it on their cameras, so I couldn't, like, from where we were sitting in the 108, I didn't have a clear view at exactly what was going on. But then when I finally saw one of those posted on there where they were stacking all those, whatever, souvenir cups on top of that one guy's head who was passed out, um, I mean, that was a pretty interesting spectacle. But what the hell are you going to do at a game where we're losing already, you know, 3 4 nothing, and getting close to the seventh-eighth inning there? And a goddamn Danny Duffy start. <sighs> Yeah, we're not going to talk about how brutal that game was. Yeah, we already kind of touched on it a little bit. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, anytime you guys have an event, anything like that, I am 100% going to be there. So thank you again for hosting the tailgate, co-hosting the tailgate. And thank you again for having people at Shinex after because that was a lot of fun as well. Yeah, it was a good time. We're definitely going to try and get a few more of those rolling throughout the rest of the season. Uh, we'd like to get a weeknight in one. We've had a couple of requests from people that said they weren't able to make it on Saturdays and whatever. And our first, very first one we did on a Wednesday night, and that worked out well. So we're thinking uh, maybe another possible weeknight in the future. And then, of course, we'll do another one with Mafia before the season's over on a weekend. But, yeah, just keep keep your eyes on our uh, Sox on 35th socials, and we'll get those uh, planned. And definitely want to see you guys out there. All right, sounds awesome. good, man. Thank you again for calling in, and we'll be in touch. Yep, thanks again, Johnny. All right, you guys have a good night. You go enjoy that you Bud will. Light. I will. See you guys. And once again, that was Johnny Nani over from Socks on 35th. Man, I can't believe he's been on the show three times already. But uh, it's always good good hearing from Johnny, and, and like we said earlier, we appreciate all of his efforts uh, putting that tailgate together. But he did bring up a very interesting topic here, and that, that is the outfield and the fact that Tilson went down and not Engel. <sighs> Nicky Delmonico's coming back too. And now that I really start to think about that, what's this outfield going to look like next week? It's going to look like exactly how it looked last week, but without Charlie Tilson and with Nicky Delmonico. What's well, so you've got, well, you've got Ryan Lamar. You've got Adam Engel. You've got Daniel Palka. Granted, Avi is hurt. This would be a real shit show if Avi was still here. And uh, see, honestly, I think they're going to get to the point where they just shut Avi down for the year. Yeah, and, that, I, I'm, and I'm, that'll just and that'll just unclog the Eloy's path a lot more. Well, but straying back to like you said with Johnny Nani before we get deep into this. Um, that was the third time that he was on the show, but for the second time, he was only on kind of briefly. So 
we might just start having little Johnny Nani hits where we just kind of have Johnny Nani on every couple episodes just to, like he just did, bring to light a White Sox problem. Maybe we'll just start that segment, just hashtag White Sox problems, problems. featuring Johnny Nani. Yes, you know, and he, we didn't even bring that up. We brought it up in the last time he was here, hashtag White Sox problems, but I, I like where you're going with this, John. I like where this segment idea is going. I'm the idea guy. I just wanted to point that out. The fan call-ins was my idea, and Tony was giving me shit for it because he didn't think that anybody was going to want to call in, and Johnny Nani saved our ass and DM'd us. And, we, I mean, we do have a couple we actually, other we actually uh, had we, we actually did have a very good response from it, uh, not to toot our own horns here or nothing, but we did have a good response from it, and we've actually taken a little bit of heat from people who said, why such short notice? I can't do it tonight. Uh those people will get an opportunity to call in at some point in time. Uh, this is not the only time we're going to do this. Uh, we do, I think, have maybe one or two more calls coming in, uh, but we'll we'll get to those as the, as they uh, are available and and come in. So, uh, Johnny again coming on Shy Sacks Weekly. Uh, he just he really wants to be here. We're I think we should give him that little segment uh, every few weeks. All right, but yeah, moving back into the outfield situation, I feel like we talk about it every week, and it's clogged. And, I mean, Eloy's going to come up when Angle gets either optioned down or DFA'd, and the time for that window is coming up soon because if you look at your calendar right now, it's July 19th, and the next big thing is the trade deadline, and then the next big thing after that is September call-ups. And it comes... A lot quicker than the first half of the season. I promise you all that. Like the the duration of time that it took to get from opening day to the All Star game, it feels like it cuts itself in half. I feel like in the second half of the season, but that's just my opinion. The second half of summer just always goes faster than the first half. Once you pass, I feel like the Fourth of July, it's over. You get that kind of feeling, like oh, it's time to go back to school. Uh, you just for, cruise right yeah. on into Labor Day. Yep, you cruise right you on into cruise Labor Day. Tr- and, then, and, I mean, that's another thing that our one of our old guests, Herb Lawrence, has that's kind of one of his things that he's big on is that the All-Star game does not mark the halfway point of the season. You're actually a little bit past the 82 game mark, so that is probably another reason that it feels like it goes a little bit quicker after. Yep. And with that said, today is the actual one-year anniversary of when Yon came up to the big leagues. I was actually yeah. talking – a little bit earlier with a few different people. I feel like Kopech and probably even Eloy are past developmentally where Yon was when he came up. Um, Think about it. I mean, I am. You're talking about the guy that won minor league player of the year at one point in his career. I've looked at his stats, though, and I don't have them in front of me, but I would probably put them all in the same tier, if that makes sense. I wouldn't put them ahead of him. He's got to be at least. I mean, age-wise, Eloy's a little bit beyond him in in development progress. I think Eloy's actually younger than Yoan Mankata. I'm not 100% positive on that, actually, to be honest. It's probably look into that. It's probably something I should know. Let's, but, let's look into it. Yeah, look into it. But I know Michael Kopech's younger than him. Hashtag fake stats. Hashtag your hosts not knowing their shit. I'm, like, mad at myself right now. Don't hate me, guys. Eloy Jimenez is 21. And Yohan's 22. So he is younger than him. 23. 
Yo, Mankata? Or yeah, he's 23. He's a year older than me. Sorry. His birthday is like... So, what we learned... Exactly what did we learn from. today? We learned that I need to work on pronunciation of Big last time. names. Big time. Uh, and so first I'm gonna take names. That, I'm going to take that into the off season. I'm going to work on that. And you are going to work on having stats readily available and knowing how old people are. I'm like a 60-grade stat guy, 80-grade idea guy for the podcast. I'm probably you're like a like, fucking 40-grade name pronouncer. I'm like a 40-grade name pronouncer uh, and maybe like a 60, 70 uh, editor and producer. So oh, I got that your own horn a little bit there. I gave myself an 80-grade. Actually, no, uh, no, 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 I no. Could, You I didn't could, put the horn sounds in last I week. I didn't put the horn so in, you know, and that's, that. and that's exactly Sound why. Sound the horns. That's exactly why I didn't give myself the 80. I've been thinking about that all week. Uh, just a missed opportunity. Uh, I'm giving you your opportunity. Sound the horns. All right, I'll sound the horns. All right. <laughs> and if the horns don't make it in right there, you can feel free to That's about 10 tag seconds of that air that I'm going to get plenty of shit for. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. All right. So, and with that, we do have another caller calling in. The Shy Sox Weekly intern, who we're using as a call screener, definitely did a good job in letting this one through. Uh, we're going to bring on Jake Trojan, who's live from his dad's 35 and over softball game. I think game he said base- 50 and up. 50 and baseball up. Game. 50 and up baseball game. I saw the baseball game. That's impressive. So he Let me is, age a little bit so I can hop in that yeah, league. He's, he's one awaiting at an old men's baseball game. So we're going to bring him on. What's up? And we have Jake. And he actually oh, is. I love that. He is actually still live at the 50 and over baseball game. Jake, what's the what's it like out there? Um, it's a beautiful night for baseball. Uh, kind of upset, you know. There's no major league baseball going on, but uh, this will do. We were um, actually, yeah, we were actually just talking about how bored we are with no baseball on TV. Yeah, I mean, they tried to fill it with the the Knights game, which was which was good. It was entertaining. I got to see Kopech throw a couple innings. Unfortunately, he couldn't pull out the win, uh, although the Charlotte Knights did, so it's definitely a good result. All right, Jake. Well, we had Johnny Nani on earlier, and our guests kind of already know who Johnny is, but do you kind of want to give everybody a little bit of background, tell us kind of where you're from, how long you've been a Sox fan, just all that good stuff? Sure. Um, you know, I've grown up, grown up in the northwest suburbs, uh, my entire life, the Arlington Heights area. Um, live there now, uh, on my own house, same area, whatever. Ooh, humble um, brag. Yeah, no humble brag for sure. Um, but yeah, I've been a Sox fan my whole life. My dad uh, raised me as a Sox fan. Um, he grew up in a family of five other siblings, and he being the youngest of them all, and they were all Cubs fans. Um, so how that happened, I have no idea. But he somehow found uh, Channel 44 over the air. Uh, one year and started watching the uh, the socks. Um, so ever since I was born, I was putting a onesie, and my fandom started from what, day zero, pretty much. And now you're watching him play in a 50 and up men's league baseball game, full circle. Sure, yep, sure am. And uh, he just actually got thrown out at home plate on a bullshit call by the umpire here. Oh, um, uh, did you let him have it, Jake? I'll, I was. But, let uh, him have it. Yeah, I was. <laughs> he was. Uh, Running down the third base line, threw came, or throw came uh, inside, so uh, in foul territory. I'm yelling inside, slide inside, slide inside. So he does. 
gets the front edge of the base, and the other made a terrible call. So oh, if there was, let him have it in the half. If inning. there was <laughs> if there was replay review on that call, would that get overturned? Oh, absolutely. That was not even close. Perfect slide, head first, hand out on the front left corner of the plate. Safe all day. I almost feel like I want to cover your dad's fifty and up baseball team. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're uh, they're playing probably one of the better teams this uh, tonight, and the guy that runs it actually runs the league. Um, so he pulled some horseshit uh, actually this week. Uh, a lot of rainouts happened a couple weeks ago, so my dad's team got scheduled for back to back to back nights, and of course they're playing the best team, also the commissioner's team on the third night. So we'll see uh, see if these guys can pull a comeback here. They're currently down uh, five three. What's right. what's the attendance like at the uh, at the ballpark? Well, my mom just left, um, just in time for me to take this call, and uh, there's three other people here, uh, mostly on the other team. But we're sitting, at, yeah, we're sitting at Oakton Community College, and just got a you know nine pack of uh, 16 ounce Coors Light and enjoying the night. I'm gonna give a quick little shout out to my brother that threw me back to when my brother played uh, semi-pro football, and we would pull up to the high schools, and there'd be like 20 people in the stands. <laughs> Those games are fun. To, I mean, and shout out your dad for still playing baseball, man. That's awesome. So, I mean, and shout out those three people for going there and supporting them. Yeah, right. Yeah, my dad's been playing uh, since shoot, uh, probably 37, and uh, he basically just gave up the over 35 team because he's one of the uh, fastest guys on the on the field, uh, which is pretty incredible considering I am not agile at all. I can't wait for the over 35 league. Got a yeah, few more years. Over, there's an over 25 league, but uh, my arm is shot. I don't know if I'll ever play hardball again. Softball is where I'm at. Lots of beer drinking. Yeah, not as much I've, throwing. I played in my very days. first year of 12 inch last year with a bunch of my buddies, and we were dog shit. But it was so <laughs> much fun. Yeah, currently, uh, currently on a team where we're eight and zero in 12 inch. Oh uh, shit. Probably a lot of listeners are probably thinking 12-inch, that's fucking pussy shit. Um, that shit is intense, dude. Yep. 16-inch softball is uh, is a Chicago thing. So We were playing people. in this league that was supposed to be like the like quote-unquote beginner league for like all the guys that were just starting. And we're playing, like, I mean, our fourth game was against a bunch of dudes that like one dude played uh, college baseball at Houston, like another one played at Louisville, and we're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> we got like four dudes that played high school baseball on our team. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I play, it's basically a recreational league, so I'm not in a competitive league. Those guys can mash. I watch them on the other field some days. We actually played them in like a spring training session, and uh, I had more bruises after one game against those guys playing the hot corner than I'd probably get all year from any of the other teams we play. It was uh, it was painful to say the least. Got to have quick hands. Yep. Yeah, hot corner. I I do not like playing there. More of a more of a second base shortstop guy. Yeah. Well, I grew up in the position of ignorance. I uh, I played catcher my whole life, so. Uh, my knees are probably going. My arm's definitely shot from throwing, you know, 200 baseballs every time I step behind the plate. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, it's good it's good times. Learned a lot and played with some really good players. A um, couple guys that uh, made it into the minor leagues. Um, guys that you might have heard of from the area. Um, Kyle Goodell, he, uh, he's a year older than uh, me, and he went to the San Diego Padres. Uh, or was drafted by the Padres. 
and is currently, I think he's still currently in the uh, minor league system over there. Um, the two guys I know for a fact from my grade rate, uh, my grade that are in the minors, Jason Lebbesian um, from Prospect High School, and Mike Talkman, who went to Friends. Um, they are both in AAA. Uh, Talkman is, I want to say, left field uh, for, in the Colorado Rockies organization, and Leb plays shortstop for uh, the Toronto organization. Um, couldn't tell you those AAA names, but uh, they were both in the All-Star game just last night. Oh, damn. Yeah. So we had some pretty stiff competition, and another humble brag here, but we uh, we put it to them in my 2008-2009 uh, uh, season. Uh, we won the, the East MLS East, uh, or MSL East, and uh, whatever it's called. And uh, yeah, good times playing here. Oh yeah, the glory days. So yeah. play, play that song. Hey, that's on Tony, man. We've been we've been riding them all. I'm gonna night. have I'm gonna have such a fun time editing this podcast. It's going to just be wonderful. So, Jake, uh, uh, you and I actually talked about this a little bit earlier, but you you mentioned uh, a tweet that you saw on Twitter earlier. Um, yep. Talking about Yon Makata. So I want you to get into that a little bit for our listeners and and just let them know how you feel about their grading of his first half. Well, should I start off and ask, are we worried about Yoan Moncada? And I would say absolutely not. The guy is a, a solid, solid B plus, I think. I mean, if we're going to go with the grades um, that everybody else was looking, giving him. Um, you know, yeah, his average is low, but he's doing some things that only four players in the league are doing. There was that stat uh, while we were at the game on Saturday, or, or maybe it was the day before, but... Uh, um, just incredible numbers, uh, doubles, triples, home runs, four guys in the league and stolen bases. Those guys are doing that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, he's a pretty damn good player. So I think those guys are way off base. There's some people, I think there was one said bust. It was some girl and somebody replied, yeah, just like your music singing career. No idea who it was, but yeah, don't talk. Uh, I mean, it's Twitter, so whatever, but don't talk about a guy that you may or may not have any idea about from a baseball standpoint. It's funny you mentioned the Twitter thing because we're going to get into a little bit later uh, things that we might regret doing on Twitter. Uh, and that that is absolutely one of the things that they might regret, calling Yon Mankata a bust. Uh, not even a full season into his major league career. Right, yeah. it's That one, is, I, at least I think, is going to come back and fight Anybody who's ripped on Yohan Mankata right in the ass because dude's going to have a standout year. Maybe not this year, but as we build up, like he's going to be a stud. We could see him being a perennial all-star. Guy's just, he's good at what he does. He's young. He's got to learn a lot. He didn't have that much time in the minors, so give him some slack. All right. Jake, what are you looking forward to the most in the second half of the White Sox season? We'll finish it off with that. Yeah, um, looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing some guys come up from uh, AAA. Um, seeing the progression of the young guys, especially, you know, even looking at the minors, seeing guys come up through the farm system. You know, Madrigal is doing great things already in the fall league or the Arizona League. And uh, Basabe is another guy that stood out. He was playing in the Futures game. Um, that was fun to watch. Um, 
you know, hopefully everybody stays healthy. That's the biggest thing is going through through a rebuild. We've seen it already with uh, Berger. People get hurt. It throws off the timeline, right? But hopefully everybody else stays healthy. We start building a solid core. They get to play with each other a lot in the minors, and we don't rush it, right? I don't want to see things rushed. I mean, we were talking earlier tonight, Tony, you know, Kopech's probably more ready than Mankata was to come up right now. But do we want to rush that? Like, save them till September when we expand the 40-man roster. Um, just let them develop. Let them develop as a core at, together, and we'll see it turn into championships down the road. Awesome, awesome stuff. Well, Jake, you get back to watching your dad. Hopefully he can pull out the victory tonight, and we appreciate you calling in. Yeah, All right, thanks, thanks guys. Thanks in, for having Jake. me. I hope you give it to that ump before the night's over. I will. If he makes another blown call, he's going to hear it from me. This case of beer is going over the fence right at his head. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> Those make, three fans will be in shock. Make sure you go live on Periscope when you when you do that. We'll <laughs> yeah, make sure right. we retweet it off the Shysex Weekly Twitter page. Thanks again, Jake, for calling in. Yeah, have a good night, guys. Bye. You too. And that was a fan of Shy Sox Weekly, Jake Trojan from the Arlington Heights area, like he had said. Uh, that was that was pretty neat, Tony, with the whole fan call experience. We should do that again. We had a couple more that we were going to get lined up, but like Tony said earlier, one of them said that he had to reschedule, and the other one just kind of fell through, and the show must roll on. So that being said, we want to get into the last segment that we have for you tonight on Shy Sox Weekly. We save the big kahuna for you for for the last. I don't know what the fuck I just tried to say right there. We, we <laughs> saved the best for last is what for you last. were trying to say. So what I was going to say is we saved the best for last, the big kahuna. That was a sentence I was trying to string together. So maybe you can maybe you can make that editing magic happen. Or, you or can I'm just going to leave it right there. Comments. Yep. All right. Cool. So... Moving on, so we had touched on it yep. very briefly earlier that it was kind of a hot topic during the All-Star game, and we were going to loop back around to it, but Josh Hader rifled off some very offensive racial tweets, um, not even just racial, like he had tweeted some like gay slurs and I don't know, just all very around. Very insensitive things. Very insensitive material, and... <clears throat> I had an idea that I immediately regretted that I had brought up with Tony that, I mean, people on Twitter since that happened have been kind of going around and pulling up people's old tweets so the thing, and kind of yeah. exposing them for having the, bad tweets. So before, the, no, 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 before, no, hold on. <laughs> before we get deep into this, I want to fully disclose that I have had a Twitter since, I think, 2012. So, so I've had a Twitter so, since I was a sophomore in high school. Let, Tony's had a Twitter for like four fucking months. So I regretted it immediately because this dude has a goldmine of just old tweets that he could have found. Now, now wait a second. This, this segment is about public awareness. When you're 18 and you have technology, or 16 and you have technology, and you're a young male, you may say things that you regret on social media. And that's what Josh Hader did. He did. So we're going to actually list off like a few of the Josh Hader tweets. None of the like very, very graphic ones. Just a couple. So just to give our On February 17, yeah. 2012, Josh Hader tweeted, White Power, LOL. Not, Not a, a good, good idea. 
Yeah, not, not a good look. August 23rd, 2011. So I'm giving you the dates just to kind of give you a time frame of how long ago this was, but not at the same time not justifying his actions. How old's Josh Hader right now? I believe he's still young. He's only like 24. So these tweets are like he's probably he's like 16, 17, 18, like around I was when I made awful tweets. Uh, this one right here. I hate gay people. But like, like what is what is the point of tweeting that? You there know what I'm saying? Not, there is not anything uh, uh, good that comes from tweeting something like that. Uh, February 17, 2012, again. <laughs> All right, NSFW here. Suck my cock. I'll murder your family. And that's where we're going to cut it because, like, with, with the racial slurs, we're not going to get into that. Um, I don't want to base – I don't know. We just don't want to cross that no, bridge. No, no, we don't so. want it. It was unacceptable for him to tweet it. It's unacceptable for us to repeat it. Yes, some of this is adult content. This episode will probably get the explicit tag just due to this segment. But the fact of the matter is is that Josh Hader made some mistakes as a child. John, before the episode, said, hey, let's go through each other's Twitters and, and find some, Once again, some, the idea bad, guy. some bad tweets that each other that made. Um, the idea guy came up with a great idea. I do not have anything incriminating on my Twitter because I did not have a Twitter when I was in high school. And I only tweet about the White Sox uh, and the Blackhawks a little bit. But anyway, we went into John's past. We took a trip down memory lane, and I've spent the past 30 minutes going through some of the most epic Shy Sox John to tweets that he sent. A few years ago, even some of these have creeped up into last year. He has not lost the immaturity. We like that about him, but we just don't want any insensitive stuff coming out. So what we're going to do is we're going to air some of these tweets out now so that in a few years they don't become incriminating to John. We're going to teach him on how to delete tweets that he sent before. I'm going to air out my own dirty laundry, essentially. Yes, we are airing out our dirty laundry as Shy Sox Weekly so that this does not come back to haunt us. So let's get right into it. Um, how are you feeling right now, John? I'm feeling like I'm about to hate the fuck out of you in about five minutes, but let's see how this goes. All right. So let's go back to the 12th of February, 2014. Let's preface this with how old were you? Because actually there's a, there's a few of these. I'm going to go with the 11th of February, 2014. So this is the day before you sent the other tweet. 17 years old. 17 years old. Now, this is in February, so I, don't, I want you to explain this. Shysex Janda tweeted, Well, it's hot as fuck. Sleeping naked tonight. Monkey covering his mouth emoji. Ooh, letting the girls know. Just letting the girls know? Just letting the girls know. Just letting okay. the girls know in February. So, What's uh, with the brief two explanation. T's on the hot? Brief explanation. Two T's on the hot. Uh, phone probably auto-corrected it. Okay. Realistically. Well, you um, did capitalize the H in hot as well. So yeah, phone probably auto-corrected it. Um, so hot in February, the only thing I can think of is my mom is like she fucking cranks the heat in the house when it's wintertime, which is why I'm glad I live on my own now because I can control all that on my own and it was probably like set for like fucking 80 degrees and all i would have had was like a fan so i don't know still no explaining that um 
Throw in the here. Give me the uh, hawk. What are you doing? Let me get that. You need the hawk. What are you doing? Yeah, let me get that because that's right, a big. What are you doing? Let's get the hawk. What are you doing? And then I, we're not going to be able to edit out Wagner, but we'll be able to maybe think in our minds that he's saying Janda instead. What in the hell are you doing? All right, moving on. The next day, I mean, you were just on a roll this week. Uh, leading up to Valentine's Day, maybe you were you're feeling a little something going on. Uh, Sox Janda, February 12th, 2014. If you're a girl and you watch Workaholics, just f*** me. That is still a relatively true statement. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I don't know the thought process on that one either, Tone. And... I, when I was in high school, I created my Twitter when I was like a sophomore, mainly to follow all my like favorite athletes on Twitter that I knew had a Twitter. And I just said Twitter at the same time in a sentence like five times. And I mean, I don't know what I was going for. I, I list off the amount of likes oh, <laughs> that are yes, on all these yes. tweets to give people uh, an got, idea that of the audience. Uh, so you got no likes on the first tweet. Um, oh hell apparently yeah. nobody nobody agreed with you that it was hot in February <laughs> and uh, that they wanted to see you sleep, sleep naked, naked. Uh, and actually five people uh, gave you a like uh, on the second tweet so I'm gonna have you go into the likes and see if there's any girls names or if it's just all guys that liked it uh, that was all guys it was all guys I'm pretty sure that was all guys so maybe um, it was just a popular opinion at the time it probably was a popular opinion at the time um, let's, let's go back a little bit further. Um, John, we know you like Modelo. I'm, I'm very surprised at this tweet, although I'm not, but this, this was a very ballsy move. We're going to go back two more years. Uh, so you were like, F- at the time, uh, this one was ch- tweeted out on Wait, July hold on. Let's maybe not, let's maybe not list off the, the, the time frame on this tweet. <laughs> but no, go ahead. Actually, fuck All right. it. So. Uh, in this tweet, maybe I won't read it, but uh, actually I'm going to. Uh, yeah, you, you may know, to. you may you know that I may be underaged, but who gives a fuck? I'm in love with Big Hurt Beer at Big Hurt underscore thirty five. That one receives no likes. <laughs> you sure? You sure Frank didn't retweet uh, that? Man? Sure Frank <laughs> Thomas did not retweet that. Oh, I'm uh, dead. Frank Thomas does not. <laughs> Condone underage drinking. drinking. (laughs) Nor Uh, should he. Nor should he. Uh, Nor should my 22-year-old self. Nor do we here uh, encourage or condone any sort of underage drinking. I'm sure that you did that just to make yourself look cool. Or you were enjoying it with, like, your parents or something, and they were right there with you. Uh, and gave you a sip, which was really nice of them. I know, I know, laughing on radio is awful radio, but I cannot hold that back. I'm sorry, that was. What? Um, <laughs> Wait, let me hear it again. Let me hear it again, because that's the one that actually deserved it. Which one? The what in the hell are you doing? Actually, I've got a better one for you. You gotta be bleeping me! <laughs> All right. <laughs> You got any more for us, Tony, or can we just stop right there? Uh, no, I've got more. Uh, this go. This is like a train wreck as I as I go into uh, into the depths of the mind of Shy Sox John does eighteen and under self. Uh, 
here's one for you, and this one was in 2015. Uh, not quite sure what you were doing at this point in time. September 25th, uh, just ate moldy garlic. Fuck today. And you actually <laughs> got a like on this one. Unfriggin' believable. Um, one not, sh- not sure who likes eating moldy garlic, uh, but there you go. There you have it. You're eating moldy garlic on September 25th. Uh, John, you want to walk the listeners through how you get to moldy garlic and decide to eat it and then tweet about it afterwards. <laughs> so honestly, <laughs> I don't remember this at all, and I am just as curious to, to see what happened there. Um, maybe my only thought process on it could be that like maybe it was leftovers that were in the fridge for just a hot minute that I just didn't realize they were in the fridge for a hot minute. And I went in for the kill one night and just, I don't know. I, I honestly couldn't. What time was the tweet at? Maybe that'll give me a better idea. Uh, I don't have a time on it. It just has a date. Oh. Uh, if you pull the tweet up, it should tell you the time. But, all right. I, I have these all saved off on a different screen, so I can't get uh, I can't get to the to the. Time. And I'm not pulling it up. But I, I could I could bet you money right now that that tweet was at midnight or later. Probably. I, I would I would assume so, um, just based on the context. And I bet you money that I threw the pasta out, but still ate the Texas toast. Probably. Can bet on that. Can bet on that. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Um. So. You also have a habit, apparently, of not knowing what things are. Uh, in this gem, uh, this was actually uh, in 2017. Uh, okay, but what in the actual fuck is a quote-unquote Bella Thorne? You got eight likes for that one. Uh, and then... Starting to pop off. Mm-hmm. And then you also had one... WTF is a low Hazley. That was the 19th of February in 2014. So, so it seems like it seems to like answer the questions, questions. I still don't know what a low Hazley is, but I did find out somewhat what a Bella Thorne was, and we're not going into detail on that. But let's just say it's not something that anybody else needs to find out about. Um. Here's another one from uh, the 16th of February, 2014. Uh, nope, girls don't poop. <laughs> I still firmly believe that. <laughs> so just throwing that one out there. All right. And we'll close it out with this one because I want everybody to know that John yeah, does loop not it into Hater. feel the same way that Hater does. And while some of these tweets might be incriminating and, and, and may just give you the mind of an 18-year-old John, we want to know... You may have lost a few fans tonight. You may have lost a few fans, but I want to give it back. Uh, 26th of June, 2015. If gay people want to get married, who gives a fuck? That's their business. Uh, that one did not get any likes. It did get a retweet. But... Your heart was there. It was in the right place. John, now, the real question. Are you going back through your Twitter and deleting some of these texts or are you or, or tweets? So, yeah, it's okay. good that you bring that up. There were a lot more tweets 
that didn't make the cut because Tony was reading them off to me and I was searching for the tweets at the same time as him deleting them as he was reading them off to me. Because, like, believe it or not, people, I fucking sucked when I was, like, 17. And this brings it back to the fact that a lot of us sucked when we were 17. We made some very piss-poor decisions. Uh, In these days... 17-year-olds are now armed with things called cell phones uh, that have access to the internet. And it's dangerous walking out there. It's very dangerous. It's a dangerous place. There's all sorts of people out there who take the time to go back through other people's Twitters, like myself, uh, tonight. It's a very scary thing. I don't recommend doing it. Uh, but there are people out there who do that. And during the All-Star game, somebody did that to uh, Josh Hader. Uh, and he did have incriminating stuff out there like we read earlier. Uh, not really an excuse, uh, but just more of an awareness thing that this is not, you know, something that is... Uh, I don't even know where I'm going with it, but it, it's not something that is random. It's not something that is... Uh, not all over the place because it is. All it takes is a search to go back. Please be aware when you're that on took, media. I mean, it's Tony and I got on the call at 9.30 and it's 11.02 and I brought him that idea at like 9.45. It's, it takes no time to go back and literally just bury somebody. It takes five minutes. So just be careful what you're tweeting. Obviously, if you're capable of going back and tweeting some of your old tweets that you don't want people to see, do it. Uh, because advanced search on Twitter is... A very powerful tool. It's a very fucking powerful tool. Very and that being said, we might be advanced searching a few of you out there just to kind of get an idea of some of the guys that you are. Right. And if there's so, something out there that you don't want to see... We're big advanced search guys now, yeah. so watch out. Yeah. And if you need somebody advanced searched, slide into hit our us DMs. Up. Hit us up because we'll find the bad ones. Don't hit Shy Sox fan Mike up because he'll find the Good Disneyland ones. ones. Yeah. And with that said, I think that's going to close it out for this week on Shy Sox Weekly. I, th- I think that'll do it, man. We, we fucking killed it this week. We've, we've had a good time. Again, a thanks out to Jake Trojan and Johnny Nani for calling in. Uh Good time talking to those guys. Good time talking with you, John. Go White Sox. Yeah, go White Sox.